Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to My Weekly Mixtape, a podcast that takes the classic mixtape approach to building a modern playlist. I'm your host, Brian Colburn. Joining me once again tonight as guest curator is Ben Checkness, host of the Too Vague podcast, as well as one of My Weekly Mixtape's amazing Patreon mixtapers. Ben, it's great to have you back on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun last time, and I'm looking forward to a great time this time, too. So thank you. Well, it's great to have you back. And tonight's topic is a very interesting one. Number one hits of the 1980s. So I guess it's safe to say that there are no deep cuts tonight. I mean, literally the deepest of cuts we could pick from this list are the songs that only charted one week at number one. But even then, it was still a number one hit. This is true. Number one is number one. So trivia time, Ben. We are sticking with the 1980s. If we were on Jeopardy right now, the answer would be, this is the number of number one hits that happened during the 1980s. Yeah, I have no idea how many hits there were. Well, the answer is, keeping it in Jeopardy form, what is 231 songs? Oh, wow. So this bank of tunes is actually a lot larger than some of the band-themed episodes of my weekly mixtape that have happened already. So you and I have this challenge to whittle down 231 number one hits down to 20. Was this an easy feat for you to kind of whittle down at least a bank of songs that you want to bring to the conversation tonight? Uh, It took some time. I'm not going to lie. I did have a little bit of... At a moment going down this list where I had to come up with a plan, my plan was basically the songs that connected with me at that age. I don't know if you did it a little differently than I did. I went down the 231 songs, and when songs jumped out at me, I went, ooh, I remember, I love that song. And I created a big list, then I created a massive playlist in my phone, and for the last week... I've been listening to songs and slowly but surely swiping songs out of the playlist, and I've whittled it down to 40. And now I'm praying that the 10 songs you picked tonight are all on my list to make me only have to whittle it down from 30 to 10. Yeah. I think between the two of us and our different uh, musical tastes, I think we're going to have a very diverse mix tonight. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm hoping for a true snapshot of the decade. And that's what we're tasked with. So let's get down to business. Tonight, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Ben and I will be curating a number one hits of the 1980s mixtape, and we'll use that old cassette deck approach. Ben, as my special guest, will begin side A with his first song choice, and then I'll add a song that I feel best follows up his choice. We'll then flip-flop choosing songs until we've mapped out 10 songs for side A. We'll then give our mixtape a proverbial flip and we'll map out side B, only this time I'll kick things off with Ben choosing second. Our overall goal for the episode is to craft the best number one hits of the 1980s mixtape possible through only 20 songs. At the end of the show, you could take our conversation to the next level by visiting the episode page at myweeklymixtape.com to give our final mixtape a listen via the embedded playlist. And if you like what you're hearing on the show, you can help me out by either telling a friend leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in, or becoming a Patreon mixtaper at patreon.com 
forward slash my weekly mixtape. And a few of the mixtapers chimed in with songs they think should kick off our playlist tonight. And I want to give a quick shout out to those. Cactus P chimed in, starting with, do you want me to choose my favorite kid as well? (laughs) (laughs) No, but this certainly feels like it. He chimed in with three songs, Tears for Fears, Everybody Wants to Rule the World, Van Halen's Jump, and Huey Lewis in the News, The Power of Love, saying you can't go wrong with any of these, in my opinion, and I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Seeker chimed in with, going with my dearly departed compatriot, Olivia Newton-John and Physical. It was number one for 10 weeks, starting in November of 1982. Sean Faust chimed in with Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. And Philip Bergman chimed in with Sheena Easton's Morning Train, 9 to 5. Interesting pick there. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. So, Ben, with that, I'm officially pressing the record button on our mixtape, and the floor is yours. Why don't you dive into the song you chose to kick off Side A? Okay, this was a difficult choice. I know that your own, you're expecting me to start this list, I think, with something that's new wave-ish. But what I want to do is I'm going to go counter to that and start with something that I think that maybe you might have connected with back in the day. I'm going to start this mix with White Snake's Here I Go Again. Nice. Which came out, uh, it was 19, a number one hit for one week in 1987. So I'm starting the mix with White Snake's Here I Go Again. Absolutely classic hair metal song. I know I say hair metal, power ballad, whatever you want to call it. I know yeah. White Snake was around a long time before the hair metal scene, but MTV certainly lumped that video in with all the other hair bands at the time, Guns N' Roses, all the other groups that were kind of being thrown together into that hair band monkeyer, even though they had styles that branched outside of the Sunset Strip look. However, this song was originally recorded on their 82 album Saints and Sinners and then re-recorded for the version on their self-titled 87 album and then re-recorded again that same year in a radio mix, which is the one that went to number one. Oh, wow. So I guess third time's a charm for this song. Obviously, if we mention this song and not mention the unforgettable Tawny Katane and the music video, I mean, that is something that made Jaws drop to the ground. I was 10 years old at the time, and I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Most certainly, that song was on my list. I absolutely love it. So I'm raising the metal horns to that one. Yeah. But that said, I'm not going to lie. I expected you to start with something new wave. So I kind of knew where I was going to go from there. However, with this one, you're throwing in more of a rock vibe. And I don't want to go with another power ballad back to back, but I want to keep that heft. And in order to do that, I want to introduce a little bit of a pop sound, 
but a song that's groove is so undeniable and playing alongside of white snakes. Here I go again, music video. Another iconic music video of the 1980s was the claymation masterpiece known as Peter Gabriel's sledgehammer from 1986 is so so we're still within a year of each other, these two songs. And just like Whitesnake, it was only number one for one week, July 26, 1986. So technically, Ben, you and I have started off with two very deep cuts for our number one songs playlist. Only one week wonders. Yeah, that's an interesting choice. I do both Peter Gabriel and what I think I'm going to follow this up with were big influences when I was younger. I was a huge fan of Peter Gabriel even before the So album, but big fans of Peter Gabriel. And then not to bury the lead here, but the next song. So what I am going to follow this up with is not by any stretch of the imagination what I thought was their best song, but I do think it was iconic in its own time and it kind of put this band more into the mainstream i think than they had been previously i think i know where you're heading with this one coincidentally this band's uh, song was number one the week before peter gabriel's sledgehammer so i am going with the band genesis and their song invisible touch uh, which also was at number one for a week but there is a genesis Peter Gabriel connection if you go back far enough back into the 70s if you are you know into that sort of thing I was definitely aware of these two bands growing up my father was a big fan of Peter Gabriel and my mom was a big fan of Genesis so I got the best of both worlds I think so both really influential bands in my childhood Genesis and Peter Gabriel so that's a good one-two combo I think could not agree more I mean Phil Collins was the 1980s he had seven number one hits outside of genesis right and outside of genesis he spent 13 weeks at number one so he was all over the 80s charts and peter gabriel and phil collins and the genesis connection going back to back i think it's a fantastic touch no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) own it own it man pun intended pun intended you're right And looking at what we have so far, I know exactly what I'm going to follow this up with. And it is one that, believe it or not, my wife and I completely disagree on. Oh, you discuss these things before you record shows. Yes, I adore this song. Her, not so much. Huh, okay. And we've talked at length just about this song. And coming out of Genesis, I want to go back a little bit more. And go off of 1984's Suddenly. This song spent two weeks at number one. So I'm doubling our ante here. Going from one week wonders to two weeks now. And I'm going to go with (laughs) Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen, No More Love on the Run. It won a Grammy in 1985 for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance, which made him the first British artist to win in that category. To me- This song is sonically amazing. It's definitely got that 80s pop vibe, but the guitar work in it, the chunky, it's funky, it is smooth. It's just a fun, get up and start dancing type song. I love Billy Ocean. He's got such a unique voice and a unique tone to the way he delivers vocals. I feel like coming out of Genesis we're kind of leaning a little bit more poppy now. So I think it's a perfect song to come out of invisible touch. Yeah. And and you know that that song that had two different, uh, previous sort of recordings where European queen and African queen were recorded. Really? I had no idea about those. Yeah. Check those out. Cause you can find those on, on YouTube, but yeah, it was recorded differently before it was re-released and I believe re-recorded for the U.S. And they chose that Caribbean queen instead of African or European. It's pretty mind-blowing. It's just like completely different sounding, feeling song with Caribbean queen. And then also the video was really good too. Oh, the video is fantastic. Kind of like, I think, I think that's yeah. another thing. 
with number one hits of the 80s, I think a lot of times you are going to tie a music video to it. Oh, absolutely. Because MTV was such an integral part of what made a hit song. Oh, yeah. I guess Billy had queens all over the world. He covered Apparently. a worldwide market with this track. What can we say? You know, everyone loved his voice. He had a very, very velvety, smooth sounding voice. So, yeah. yeah. And, and the music fit that. Definitely. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That was on my list. It wasn't, hey, hey, you, you, get into my car. Who, me? Yes, you. It wasn't that one. <laughs> I still like that one. That was License to Drive, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, License to Drive. I completely <laughs> forgot about that movie. Uh, let's see. What am I going to? Boy, oh boy. Let's keep the pop vibe going here. I think you mentioned this on, on my show, actually, this song, where you had, there was some sort of a carnival or some sort of an event that you went to where it was like you could record your own singing to a song does mm-hmm. that does that ring any bells oh it rings plenty so i know exactly <laughs> the two songs you could be choosing here <laughs> okay okay well the song that i'm going to choose is the jay giles band yeah i'm yep. going to choose centerfold which was at the number one slot for six weeks in 1982 i think that following that it's just got an upbeat i think with these two songs as far as their connection it's just they feel upbeat right oh yeah and they're both love songs too aren't they sort of yeah love songs lust songs i guess yeah i'll allow it <laughs> okay okay <laughs> you can kind of see my connection there right 100 percent. so i'm gonna go with jake giles band centerfold and you are absolutely right because i was uh, i want to say eight years old and i went into the karaoke booth at Hershey Park. That's right. Hershey Park. Yeah. And you were able to sing any song in the big book of tunes that they had waiting to go for you. And sure enough, I chose the Jay Giles Band's Centerfold, which at the time, lyrics went right over my head, man. Like I had no idea. And I listened back to it and I'm like, man, I'm like the kids bop back in the 1980s. But, you know, (laughs) and then again. Music video, when he goes and hits the snare fill and the snare head is filled with paint and after he hits that last fill, all the cheerleaders are dancing around the band. It's yet another example of a music video making the song bigger because in the 80s, MTV really had its finger on the pulse of hit songs and the more creative and the more memorable the music video, the more popular the song became. You know, we could do a show and it's not, let's not limit it to 80s, right? But best videos, you know, you made the point that there's a connection between videos and audio, even today, although it's less of a selling sort of device. Mm -hmm. But that's definitely one of those things where it's an 80s trope. It's the put the paint on the drum and hit the drum thing. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, I can think of at least a dozen videos that do that whole paint thing. And it was like, they were just trying to figure out what the medium was and how to grab your attention. Right. The whole industry of videos and how they sold music back, especially in the MTV days is a very interesting sort of thing to think about. I think. Oh, it's, it's completely insane what they did in the eighties in order to sell songs. And I'll tell you right now, the song I'm following up, Jay Giles Band Centerfold with, you obviously scooped me on that one. There was no way that wasn't on my list. But I'm going (laughs) to go one year later, February 5th, 1983, one week at number one, staying in that pop vibe, staying with an iconic music video, and sticking around with a song that even younger kids are familiar with and love now because of Weezer's popular cover i am going with toto's africa from 1982's toto 4 this song to me it's one of the songs colburn and company has been playing for years it's so much fun to play this song and as soon as you hit those even if people weren't dancing the whole night they are up and grooving and singing along this song just people love trying to hit the high notes and they're incredible they're so hard to hit and now with the energy that is brought to Toto's version. And again, it's just one of those songs that is timeless. When Weezer did it, 
totos went right back up the charts too because people realized oh yeah this song's amazing yeah. one week at number yeah. one i swore it was much longer though when i was growing up yeah i didn't like i mean that was <laughs> not to get negative here but that wasn't one of my choices oh okay for some reason just that song it just doesn't connect with me for some reason I mean, I see nothing wrong with that. If a song doesn't resonate with you, then it doesn't resonate with you. It's all subjective. Let me just say, though, I think Toto deserves to be on this list. The song doesn't bring me enjoyment, but I think it definitely belongs on this tape because it connected with a lot of people, and it's still connected with a lot of people today because people, when that whole business with wasn't it a request for Weezer to cover that? Someone yes, requested it, was an it internet, online? A, a request. They were trying to just get the band to do it. And then yeah, the band yeah. trolled everybody by covering Toto, but they released Rosanna as a single, and everybody thought it was like the greatest troll job. And then two days later, they put out the cover of Africa as well. Yeah, that's great. And in that's one of those things that it obviously has a connection with people, so it deserves to be on this list. I thought you were going to follow Centerfold up with another song that was when you were mentioning people covering. I want to say, was it Real Big Fish that covered this? If you're talking about AHA's Take On Me, the answer is yes. <laughs> no, it was it was someone else. If it's Come On Eileen, that's Save Ferris. Save Ferris, that's who it is. So right. yes, I'm going to follow up Africa with Dexy's Midnight Runners from 1983 Come on, Eileen, which spent one week at number one also. Such an amazing song. I love Save Ferris's version in the 90s so much because the horns and that whole real big fish ska scene. If you listen to this show, you know I'm a huge fan of it. The original is amazing. And I'll be honest, I was not the biggest fan of Come on, Eileen until I heard Save Ferris's version. And then I went back to the original and I'm like, oh, I get this now. I get why this yeah. song's so amazing. Like as a kid, it didn't hit me. And then when I heard Save Ferris do it, it made me look at the original with a new light. And I've loved the song ever since. I think that's also exactly what happens with Toto, right? It's like a lot of people did that too, I'm sure. They mm -hmm. hear the Weezer version and then they go back to the original and they go, oh man, this is so great. And that's why I'm such a huge fan of cover songs, because you're paying homage to a song that you love and then putting your own spin on it. And you would think naturally to come out of that, I would go to a cover song, but I'm not. Um, okay. <laughs> but I am going to stick with this vibe because I know my band plays Centerfold and Africa, and we just got a female singer over the last year that's joined us. We're going to be doing Come On Eileen. So we've got this section of the mixtape that people are up and dancing right now. And I okay. want to keep that going. And I'm going to go with one that might actually be seen as an actual deep cut. Because I don't know if this would be everyone's go-to song. But for me, it's one of my absolute favorites from the entire decade. The bass line hooks me in right from the beginning. And it's just one of those songs that every time it comes on in the car, it always, whoever I'm with, it makes them light up. Oh, my God. I remember this one spent one week at number one, November 12th, 1988 from the album of the same name. I am going with escape club wild, wild west. Oh boy. <laughs> nice. nice. I love this song so much, even from the whole part where they break it down to this quasi reggae section in the middle. It's just such a fun dance song that my cover band back in the two thousands used to break this out. And it got such a pop from the crowd because it's one of those earworms that when the song yeah. starts and the drum beats going, you're like, oh, what is this song? And then all of a sudden you hear the doom, 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 doom. And people start going, oh, my God, why do I know this? And as soon as you start yeah. singing the lyrics, everyone's like, oh, I remember this one. That's why I'm going for that now. Escape Club Wild Wild West. That's a good choice. Good choice. All right. Escape Club. Mm. Wow, West. What? <laughs> <laughs> wow. What do I follow that up with? My goodness. Okay. I don't know if there's a direct connection to these two bands, but I don't know why Escape Club, when you said that, for some reason, NXS popped into my head. Mm. 
So I am going to go with Need You Tonight yes. by NXS from also 1988, right? That was mm-hmm. 1988 for Escape Club. So yeah, I'm going to go with that uh, as a follow-up to Wild Wild West. Right at the beginning, January 30th, 1988, another one-week hit, but a great yep. one at that. I mean, come on, you think about iconic dance songs. The video is very memorable, and then you fast forward, I don't know, 12, 12 years later, and the song gets reinvigorated in the pop culture conversation because of the movie Coyote Ugly. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, this song is absolutely fantastic. Kick is my favorite in excess album. So I'm so thrilled you went with that one because that's one less one I got to deal with trying to squeeze in. And I know what I'm going to end the side with. You started with one that was known as kind of a power ballad. And I'm going to end the side with one that's kind of a power ballad. And this song spent two weeks at number one. Going to go to the end of this spectrum here with July 22nd, 1989 from her self-titled 1988 album Martika. I'm going with Toy Soldiers to close out Side A. Little heft, beautiful song, amazing vocals. Again, iconic video. You could not escape that song. I'm actually shocked it was only number one for two weeks. Because at that point, you couldn't put on any radio station and not hear Toy Soldiers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a good closer song. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. Side A of our number one hits of the 80s mixtape, which kicked off with White Snake's Here I Go Again, Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, Genesis Invisible Touch, Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen, No More Love on the Run, Jay Giles Band Centerfold, Toto's Africa, Dexie's Midnight Runners, Come on Eileen, Escape Club, Wild Wild West, In Excess, Need You Tonight, and Martika Toy soldiers head over to myweeklymixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page now before we flip our proverbial mixtape over ben there's been a lot going on over at too vague why don't you catch us up as to what's been going on at the show oh boy yeah we've had a, a lot of connections that we made back when i was at penny arcade expo back in september So we've had a lot of developers who've been on the show recently have a a new somewhat regular co-host in Andrew who has been on the show more frequently now uh, that he's, (laughs) I like to, maybe I've, maybe I'm taking some credit here, but he's, uh, he's gotten into the audacity recording himself sort of vibe so now he's excited about doing that so we're recording remotely and and making good quality stuff together so he's like my my new regular co-host we just created a new promo that uh, i think you're gonna play right sure thing let's do it welcome aboard to vague airlines we're cruising here at uh forty thousand feet that might be too many feet but what do i know i'm not really an airplane i'm a podcaster Actually, I'm a co-podcaster. I'm the co-host of uh, several episodes of the Too Vague Podcast. If you haven't heard it, you're missing out. Check out the Too Vague Podcast. Any place podcasts do whatever they do. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned off the fastened seatbelt sign. For your continued safety, Too Vague Airlines requires that you keep your seatbelt fastened at all times while seated. But... While you're seated, you can tune in to the Too Vague podcast, T-W-O-V-A-G-U-E, on your favorite podcast services, and enjoy the flight. Well, there you have it, folks, and we'll talk a little bit more about Too Vague when we get to the end of Side B, but now we're going to kick off Side B, and I have the pleasure or pain of kicking things off. (laughs) You know what the answer to that question is? Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Only it's not a song by Yes. I am going to go back to 1985 (laughs) and I am going to go with a song that spent two weeks at number one. And I'm not going to say much about the song. All I'm going to say is Back to the Future, Huey Lewis in the News, The Power of Love, episode 23 with Bill Gibson. Please go back and listen to that because he talks about the power of love better than I ever could because he played drums on the song absolutely amazing track one of my favorites from the band and kicking off side b 
The Power of Love, Huey Lewis in the News. Boy, that is a wonderful choice. The Power of Love. So, let's go with a love song or another one of these is it really a love song kind of songs. <laughs> I know Power of Love is more about how love can conquer all, not just love as a concept of you love someone, right? Mm-hmm. It's the power of love of everyone. Or maybe I'm reading too much into it. Is that kind of like, what do you think of when you think of the power of love? I think about love as the actual feeling that you have with somebody else is the way I always okay. took the song. Yeah, I thought of it as more of the power of love makes the world go round as in love for your fellow man. Sure, um, that could work too. And that's the but, beauty of these lyrics. You could just take it any way you want. Exactly. Well, but that being said, I'm going to use your definition of love here. <laughs> and I am going to go with the song, for some reason, one of my favorite songs. We're going to take it back to 1981. And we are going to go with actor turned rock music. I don't know if it's, it, I don't know which way it happened. If he was doing acting and then he became a rock star or rock star and then he became an actor. I'm not sure. I'm going to leave that to you. You're the history guy, but I'm going to go with to follow up the power of love. Rick Springfield's Jesse's girl, which spent two weeks at number one in 1981. Rick Springfield. Absolutely love it. Anybody who's ever been in a cover band, it's one of those songs where when you're not in a cover band and it comes on, you enjoy it. If you're playing in a cover band and it comes on, you go, oh God, not again. Because that is a song (laughs) that you cannot. (laughs) It is so iconic. The riff that Neil Giraldo came up with, who, if that name sounds familiar, it's Pat Benatar's husband and guitarist, wrote Jesse's Girl, along with Hit Me With Your Best Shot and all of Pat Benatar's amazing hits. Incredible song. Absolutely love it. Yeah, just the way it starts out, too, is just so great. This song also has a special place in my heart because... One of my favorite albums as a kid in the 80s was Chipmunk Punk. Oh. And on the album Chipmunk Rock, Alvin and the Chipmunks do a version of Jesse's Girl. <laughs> okay. All right. And I, if I'm not mistaken, if my childhood memory serves me correct, it's Jesse's got a squirrel and I want to make her mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But absolutely. I, I love the song. It's on my list. Totally scooped me. Thank you. It's great. And I think I know what I'm going to come out of that with. Let me just say, I have a request. Oh, if sure. you can find that Chipmunks version, you need to include it as a bonus track on this thing. Cause I, because we need to hear that. that I will see if it's heard. on, at least on YouTube. If it is, I will <laughs> embed it over at myweeklymixtape.com. <laughs> yeah. That'll bring joy to several people's lives. <laughs> yes. Well, following that up, Jesse's girls playing. Everybody's up on the dance floor. We want to keep that dance floor cranked right now. And I'm going to go with the song that as soon as Jesse's girl ends, the drums kick in and we're about to cut loose. 1984 footloose three weeks at number one by the incredible Kenny Loggins, the soundtrack king of the 1980s, bringing the fire with a song that even when they remade the movie, and the song was redone by Blake Shelton. Doesn't hold a candle to Kenny Loggins' original. So much fun. Such an iconic track. And that yeah. is what I am following up Jesse's Girl with. And an iconic musician, like you mentioned, like as far as movie soundtracks, he was also Caddyshack, wasn't he? He, was, he had... Uh, I'm All Right, um, yep. I don't know if that was a, a number one at any point, but it was definitely one of those songs that I, I remember hearing a lot in my youth. We talk about this a lot on episode 18, the 80s soundtrack episode, because Kenny Loggins was all over the 80s. If you think about Caddyshack 1 with I'm Alright, then you can even fast forward to Caddyshack 2, Nobody's Fool. You have Top Gun, Danger Zone. You have Over the Top, Meet Me Halfway. And then you have Footloose as well. Footloose definitely is a great song and very dancey. And what are you going to follow it up with? Boy, oh boy. Well... That is the question, Brian. That is the question. 
Wasn't Footloose a movie about how rock music is bad? It was against the law. Yeah, rock music. <laughs> so let's put this in the face of that town, right? Let's do this. Let's say the next track that I'm going to follow up Footloose with is Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll. We'll yes. do that. Because thematically, I think it makes sense. You're saying, hey, town. No, no, no. I love rock and roll. So let's go with that as the connection. <laughs> kind of a stretch, but you know, hey, I think it connects to the movie. So I'm going to do that. Absolutely love it. Seven weeks at number one. Again, you scooped me, obviously. Recorded by the Arrows originally in 1975. We talked about this song on the Songs You Didn't Know Were Covers episode because there's a lot of people that don't know I Love Rock and Roll was originally recorded by the Arrows and just assume Joan Jets is the first one. And it's so iconic and so important to rock music in the early 80s. People do forget about the Arrows version. And then obviously, yeah. you know the song is important to the world of music because Weird Al blessed it with his amazing cover, <laughs> I Love Rocky, Rocky Road. Road. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, yep. you know you're important when Weird Al covers your song. This is true. So now coming out of that, I actually know what I'm going to do. This past weekend, I discovered a box of old cassettes. Oh, okay. And in that box of old cassettes was a cassette that was made by me in 1987. I was 10 years old. Okay. And the cassette was called the Get Down Rock Party. The Get Down Rock Party. <laughs> the Get Down Rock Party. And it kicked yeah. off in New York. There was a radio DJ, Scott Shannon, who had a morning show, the Z Morning Zoo at that okay. point. One of the people that went around to all the different radio promos was a guy named Mr. Leonard. Okay. And this cassette opens up with Mr. Leonard singing karaoke over Kay Kaiser's Three Little Fishies. Okay. Okay. Now I know I know none of this makes sense, but it's getting to the point. Following that up, I'm I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes listening to this song that unlocked a memory that I hadn't had in 30 years. And then it ended, and then the cassette did a little bloop, 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 like a couple of bits of talking because I was trying to catch the right song. And then sure enough, you hear a crowd screaming and the drums kick in. And I have Billy Idol with his live cover following up the I Love Rock and Roll cover of Moni Moni that was released oh, wow. in advance of his Vital Idol album. And I think yeah. hindsight made me always think that the song we heard on the radio was the 81 Moni Moni B-side. It wasn't because on this cassette was the live version and it made me go back. This past weekend and look up the live version is now streaming on Spotify. So this was the version they did specifically to promote the Vital Idol comp. And let's be honest, the song Moni Moni is played at every single wedding that you've ever been to ever. And it was a number one hit for him. So it has to be on the list. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. You see, yeah. that's, that's a, yeah. that, that's, yeah. <laughs> I say, yeah, yeah, Moni, Moni, boy, what am I going to cover? What am, you know, what am I going to cover that with? <laughs> what am I going to follow up that cover with is what I was trying to say. So I am going to follow a cover with a cover. A cover that follows a cover that follows a cover. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe go back a little bit to my sort of uh, what I would consider uh, new wave roots, I guess, because I would consider this sort of part of the new wave. Even they they had their popularity, they were still a little bit under the radar. But I am going to go with Bananarama's Venus from nineteen eighty six. One week at number one, but yep, Bananarama Venus. I had that forty five. They the three singers sang the whole song together. That was kind of like their thing. They didn't harmonize. They all sang the same notes together and it gave oh, it yeah. a very unique sound and mm. the original done by shocking blue back in 1969 is definitely a lot more of a psychedelic 
kind of rock song. So I love that they turned it into a dance anthem in the 80s. It works so well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, following that up, we've only got two picks each. Oh, boy. So we got to start bringing the home run tracks in. Okay. And when I think of home run songs of the 1980s, you have to go with the artists that kind of dominated the charts. And this artist had the most number one singles of the 80s and spent the most weeks at number one. That artist being Michael Jackson. I don't think you could talk about a number one hits of the 1980s mixtape and not include the person who had the most number one songs. But coming out of Venus, I got to go with one of my favorite tunes ever from him. Billie Jean off of Thriller. Song is absolutely incredible the bass line in it is funky the beat you think about the moonwalk in the music video there was so much that just made this song such a moment in musical history the doing the moonwalk on stage when he did the live performance it blew people's minds seven weeks at number one starting march 5th 1983 so when you think about it billy jean was one of the biggest songs of 1983 the album was released in 82 and still should be in the conversation for both years because thriller was basically all over the charts for the entire reign of that album oh yeah absolutely yeah and then you look at this list and it's just like michael jackson michael jackson michael jackson but then as you reach the middle of the 80s i start seeing uh what i'm gonna probably follow this up with the artist you start seeing Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson here. So I think, and not to, you know, not to, not, they were both very different artists. I know that Janet Jackson kind of went out on her own with her breakout, breakaway from the family album. What was the name of the album? Gosh darn it. Control? Control. That was it. Yes. Control. The Control album was sort of her kind of. I'm going to do this my way sort of thing. And then so from that point forward, you started seeing Janet Jackson rack up the hits doing it her way, right? I am going to follow this up, the Michael Jackson with the Janet Jackson. I don't know if that's, uh, I hope that's not too telegraphed, but I'm going to go with When I Think of You. It was only at number one for two weeks, but I mean, it's definitely one of the Janet Jackson songs that I remember fondly. So 1986, Janet Jackson, When I Think of You, is what I'm going to follow up Michael Jackson with. Is that too predictable, too telegraphed? Do you disagree with that? Not at all. Okay. Keep it in the family, man. <laughs> yeah, but and I think Janet Jackson like kind of dominated the early 90s herself, right? I mean, yeah. she started racking up the hits on but her she own. She started. Right? This was on the Control album, so this was all a big part of the late 80s, 100%. Oh, yeah. And now I'm going to lean into the female aspect of things because you brought on a very popular female artist of the 80s. And I have two yeah. that I could easily flip a coin with. They're two of my favorite singers, one that leans more rock and one that leans more R&B. And I mm -hmm. think looking at this side as a whole, the side has been kind of a rockier side versus side one. And as my last pick of the night, because it is one of my favorite power ballads of all time, Spent three weeks at number one, July 11th, 1987. We had Toy Soldiers was my last pick for side A. For side B, I want to close with a big, massive power ballad, at least for my contributions. And I'm going off of 1987's Bad Animals, the incredible Ann Wilson and Nancy Wilson. You can't, you got to keep them both in this discussion. Heart Alone, right. their cover, again, another cover song. You might not have known was a cover, but I tended it originally. Go back to that Songs You Didn't Know Were Covers episode to hear more about this one. One of my favorite Heart songs ever, cover or not, Heart made it their own version, and it's unbelievable song. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, you know, I think for me, my thought of whenever I heard of Heart at one point in my life, it was always Barracuda. But they were really good at doing those anthems, those big crowd pleasing, like alone is. It just has a sort of like you can totally feel it being played in a in an arena and getting people juiced, right? Hundred percent. It's just an amazing song. 
Yeah, that's that's a great choice to to wrap it up. And now you get to wrap up the whole evening. Yeah, and here's the thing. This is this is kind of I mean, there are songs I want to close this off with, but I think it would be a crime if we excluded this artist from an 80s playlist because of her iconic nature. And so I'm going to follow it up with something from Madonna. Now, I don't I'm going to take the approach that it, this is this is a Madonna song that only was at number 1 for one week. It's from a movie from the 80s that for some reason I I loved as a kid. Please tell me it's the title track to Who's That Girl? It is the yes! title track to Who's That Girl. <laughs> I love it. Yes. For some reason that movie, I watched it so many times. Love that song. And there's a, there's a quote from that movie that I absolutely love. And I'm going to say it right now. It's, you know, Loudon, who is the guy who has the Madonna character kind of tagging along. They're trying to figure stuff out. He says, we did one of your things already. We murdered the pimp and the fat man. Now it's time to do one of my things. So let's wrap it up with that. Amazing song. I'll never forget. We were on vacation in Nantucket. I was with my folks up there for a week and we wanted to go to a movie one night and that was the only thing showing and my parents were like "Ah, whatever i'm sure it's fine it's air conditioned let's go and i loved it i loved the song i went out and got the soundtrack afterwards it's one of my all-time favorite madonna songs so i absolutely love it ending out awesome our side b which kicked off with huey lewis in the news the power of love rick springfield's jesse's girl kenny loggins footloose Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll, Billy Idol's live version of Moni Moni, Banana Rama's Venus, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, Janet Jackson's When I Think of You, Hearts Alone, and Madonna's Who's That Girl. Head over to MyWeeklyMixtape.com to hear all the songs we've discussed in this mix through the playlist embedded on the episode page. I asked this on the last show, but is there a track that you wanted to put in there that didn't quite fit for some reason, because I do have one in mind that I really wanted to put in there, but it just, it just didn't present itself the opportunity. Well, I feel like in terms of deserving to be on there, the two that are mm-hmm. missing are one that was called out at the beginning of the show by seeker, Olivia Newton, John's physical. Cause it had the longest reign. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I feel awful that I did not include my first ever crush in life, Tiffany's I Think We're Alone Now cover. I'm actually feeling tangible guilt right now because she started her big mall tour right here in New Jersey at the Bergen Mall. And I didn't include that. I'm so, I'm looking through this list, kicking myself. We have to do a volume two at some point. There's just no way. What kind of Jersey boy are you, man? (laughs) Not including. Um, What was your one that didn't fit? Okay, this is more of a guilty pleasure one, right? For some reason, I love the song by the Steve Miller band, Abracadabra. Oh, great. I don't know what it was. It was something about that song. I wasn't a big Steve Miller band fan, but that song, for some reason, just was like, it was just a good feeling song. It was kind of ridiculous. It was like, what does it mean? But then again... I think that's kind of the 80s. What does it mean? 100%. So, yeah, Abracadabra is great. Yeah, and then in the 90s, Sugar Ray did a cover of it, and that's it brought right, the song back again. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Still prefer the Steve Miller version, but... Oh, yeah, Steve is an icon. Well, if you're out there listening and there was a number one hit that you would have added to this mixtape, hit me up on social media at My Weekly Mixtape or send me an email myweeklymixtape at gmail.com and let me know what song you would add to this mix and maybe we'll add it in when Ben comes back for volume two. Ben, why don't you let people know where they can find the Too Vague podcast and get in touch with you? Yeah, the Too Vague podcast, which the way I describe the show to anyone who hasn't heard it is very simple. One word, two hosts, stories, trivia, video games. And that's basically what it is. It's two people having a conversation about the stuff that they enjoy and love and memories and things. But then we try and connect it to video games back in the, in, in the second half. So if you're more into the 
stories trivia part you can listen to the first half and then disconnect although let me just say the whole episode is definitely stories and things throughout so but anyway if you're interested in that kind of thing go ahead and check out www.twovaguepodcast.com that's t w o v a g u e podcast.com and let me know what you think we're available on most of your favorite streaming or podcast services so check it out let me know what you think and thank you for listening give us a thumbs up do people give them thumbs up these days is that what is that what they do i guess if you post on facebook you might get a thumbs up like or if you text them the episode you might get a thumbs up back give me a five-star review five-star review is what you need yeah definitely okay Okay. (laughs) thank you 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 are the zen master of the podcasting realm for me i guess because i don't know any of this business here do that for two vague podcasts and while you're there make sure to drop one for my weekly mixtape oh yeah absolutely ben Ben, this has been a blast thank you so much for joining me again man thank you for having me i really appreciate it looking forward to volume two we're definitely going to make that happen and remember mixtapers you can find my weekly mixtape on all the social media haunts at my weekly mixtape you can also head to myweeklymixtape.com to check out the full catalog of my weekly mixtape episodes and if you like what you're hearing on the show you can help me out by either telling a friend leaving the show a five-star review wherever you're tuning in or becoming a patreon mixtaper at patreon.com forward slash my weekly mixtape that's all for this week thanks again for listening until next time enjoy the tunes It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.